Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. They provide a seamless mortgage experience. Folks, folks, I've been telling you, you want to see your loan options, adjust payments and closing costs online in real time? Folks! Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Tomorrow, it's an NFL on CBS doubleheader, beginning with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, leading the rushing attack into Indy to take on the Colts. Then in Game 2, one of the classic NFL rivalries is renewed when the Steelers clash with the Cowboys. It all begins with JB and the guys on the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, Sunday, the NFL is on C. B. S. Hickey, you didn't write those, right? Yeah, I heard you you and Piano talking before. No, I don't write those. They are written... I mean, I'll say this. I'm going to throw someone... They're written for teleprompters. They are written written terribly. No, this is written fine. They're just the dashes between CBS and NFL. But that's what I'm saying. It's a lot of... There's a lot of typos... As an employee of uh, uh, (laughs) CBS affiliate and... And doing sports, I'd hope we'd be able to get CBS and NFL there. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, well, how did you pronounce CBS without the hyphens? Sibis. <laughs> Tomorrow, it's a nuffle on Sibis doubleheader. <laughs> Beginning with the Ravens of Lamar Jackson. It all begins with JB and the guys with a nuffle today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. Sunday, the nuffle is on Sibis. 855-212 like for CBS. <laughs> Eight five five two one two four two two seven. We'll do the rocket. We'll do the Rudy breakdown uh, coming up here towards the end of the show. Speaking of Cowboys and, and Steelers, Jerry Jones is a siren song to NFL coaches. If I were a coach in the NFL, I'm dead ass serious about this, folks. You're not going to believe me. You're going to say I'm wrong, and it's fine. If you think if if you think that I really wouldn't do it, fine. Eight five five two one two four CBS. If there if there were open coaching jobs and I was a coach and the Cowboys were one of them, Jerry Jones says, I want you and I'm willing to pay you, I'd still want to turn it down and I'd still say no. I'm that serious about it. I'm watching the Cowboys go out and languish week by week, and they look uninterested. They look bad. They look uninterested. They have different quarterbacks. Ben DiNucci, I felt, I actually felt bad for Ben DiNucci. I heard Will Brinson bring this up on his podcast, the Pick 6 podcast. You can find uh, on any one of the podcasting platforms out there. Brought to you by CBS Sports. And I listened to Will Brinson say it, and he goes, you know, the guy went to James Madison. He started for, like, four, all four years. The guy's played a lot of 
football. He's played a lot of quarterback. He looked like he never, ever played the sport or seen the sport the other week. Philadelphia made him look like he's never, ever seen a football, and they go, here's a helmet. Go out there. That was scary watching that. Ben DiNucci wasn't ready to do it. I don't think Garrett Gilbert's going to be that ready to do it, even though he might be a little bit further off since he's been in the NFL before. Cooper Rush doesn't get anybody hot in the shorts over any of this stuff. And if I have to hear about more players scapegoating Mike McCarthy, I'm going to lose. How long do we have to go before we realize the real problem with this? And I think a lot of people have already. But let's just bring it up again to make sure everybody does. Until you actually have an owner who's not going to sit there and meddle and try to turn their head coach into a puppet for himself for his own personal pleasure and for the placation of his own ego, the the Dallas Cowboys are not going anywhere. With Dak Prescott or without Dak Prescott, you can sit there and argue with me all day long about whether or not he's a franchise quarterback. I'll say he is, and I'll say you're wrong, and we'll continue to go over the Jerry Jones thing, which I think is stupid from the very beginning because Jerry Jones has never let anybody go over money since you or I or anybody has been alive. Jerry Jones has never been outbid for anybody. Ask Deion Sanders, the guy we were just talking about. He's never going to allow it to happen. It's never happened. It has never once happened. If he doesn't think you're good, he will let you go. He thinks Dak Prescott's good. He thought Zeke Elliott's good. He thought the Great Wall was good. He thought Troy Aitman was good. He thought that Emmett Smith was good. He thought he could get by without Alvin Harper. He thought Michael Irvin was good and all those guys. He paid them all. Paid them all. He's never been outbid for anybody, and he's seeing how hard it is with that, without Dak Prescott. And when Dak Prescott wants to get his his leg pointing in the right direction and he's actually able to, to recuperate and get better, he'll end up paying Dak Prescott, more than likely should. Jerry Jones, for as long as I've been alive, and I'm entertained by Jerry Jones. There's a lot I actually like about Jerry Jones. As long as I've been alive, he has sang a siren song to coaches, and they go to him, and he always does this since Jimmy Johnson. Too much power, not enough cooperation, and it's his team, and he's the captain of, it's my team, I can do whatever I want. Damn it, he's right about that. It is his team, he can do whatever he wants, including run it into the ground. Because you're not a coach in the NFL with the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody else becomes a coach. Everybody else in the NFL is a coach. Joe Judge is a coach. Matt Rule, that guy's a head coach. Kevin Stefanski. That guy's a head coach. Ron Rivera, the guys who took other jobs this last year, they're head coaches. Mike McCarthy, who was at one point one of the most respected coaches in the entire NFL, which means he's one of the most respected coaches in the profession of football coaching, is now a puppet and a scapegoat and a yes man and a punching bag for now not just Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, the entire Dallas Cowboys organization. Now, I've made jokes before. Yes, I do think Mike McCarthy's face looks like a bowl of mashed potatoes. Yeah, I know. I have also brought up that he looks at times. In the press conference, it looked like Jerry Jones was representing him as a businessman in a harassment lawsuit. That was a weird press conference. I have made a couple of gags here or there about Mike McCarthy. Make no mistake about it. I respect Mike McCarthy as a football coach. I'm surely I respect Mike McCarthy as a man. And I know there's not a chance in hell if Mike McCarthy had the power that he thought he was going to get that this team would be anywhere near this bad with or without Dak Prescott. You guys know what's going on here. Because when you get rid of Jason Garrett, and Jason Garrett was probably time for him to go. 
and we love to blame everything on Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett made an easy scapegoat. And now you have this other guy that Aaron Rodgers says that he can't coach with anymore and he can't play for anymore, and maybe the game's passed him up and they fire him in Green Bay, and here he comes to Dallas. He's going to get this new lease on life that's already been planted in their heads, and the owner of the football team is the guy who's picking the players. Do you think the owner's going to blame himself for the players' failings? Nope. They all know. Anybody in a Dallas Cowboys uniform, because there's some veterans on that team, sincerely some veterans on that team, they know Jerry's not going to blame himself. They know that they're not going to that Steven's not going to blame himself. Jerry's not going to blame Steven. He might every now and then. And Steven's certainly not going to blame Jerry. But they can all blame Mike McCarthy. And so they can go to the media and tell Mike Fisher that there's players who already think that Mike McCarthy doesn't do adjustments, doesn't have what it takes to be a head coach in the NFL anymore, and they can all make Mike McCarthy look bad. He's just become one giant scapegoat, just like Jason Garrett was before him, just like Wade, Wade Phillips was before him. When you have an owner who says that he's going to transition power at some time and make the offensive coordinator a head coach in waiting, and the coach is not some guy who's been around for 20 or 30 years, this isn't a Bill Snyder type of scenario here. This is an NFL head coach, not a hand-picked successor. You're going to have problems, and the Cowboys had problems. And ultimately, Jason Garrett just does what he's told. And now... Mike McCarthy is basically doing what he's told because he doesn't want to go out there and look like an idiot every single week, and he's going to go out there this weekend and he's going to get his ass handed to him by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know a few Steelers have brought up how this can be a trap game here and there. They are going to boat race. They are going to boat race Dallas, and they're going to go to 8-0, and I'm going to have to hear more about how great Pittsburgh is. I have to hear it every single week because Dallas is going to roll over and die. That's what Dallas is doing now. It'd be one thing if they actually tried. They're not going to even try. They're just going to roll over and die. And I hate for, I hate it for Mike McCarthy because your owner's not going to admit that he's wrong and the players know that the owner's not going to admit that he's wrong. So they could just turn around and pin it on him. I don't think Mike McCarthy is God's gift to coaching, but I know that if he would have taken any of the other jobs in Washington – that's a special scenario, so I could see where that goes the other way with all the other things that have happened in Washington over these last few months. But Carolina, the Giants, Cleveland, there is not a chance on earth. That team would be this pathetic, they would give up this much, and they'd be sitting there blaming him for every one of their problems. This is a problem that starts from the top down. And now, because the man becomes more, and I don't mean to be morbid about this. Again, I'm a, I've been a fan of Jerry Jones because I do think he's entertaining. As many shots as I'm taking at the ownership right now. The more, the older the man gets, the more the guy wants championship. And I feel the tighter his grip. And that's a bad thing for the Dallas Cowboys. And it's a really bad thing for their fan base. You have players who know that that owner is not going to make those decisions because that owner believes that he's making the right decisions on, on, on the organization. They're going to blame the players. You can't fire the general manager because the general manager is the owner of the football team. You can't fire the assistant GM because he's the son and also the owner of the football team. There's no other scapegoat, and Mike McCarthy has to deal with it all. He gets no credit for any win that they get because they ain't going to win very many other games because they gave up and they have nothing playing quarterback. So when you're already playing with 10 on offense and your defense isn't that good to begin with, you're going to be in trouble. And then that team just rolls over and dies and blames you for it. 
It is the worst coaching job in the NFL. And you'll say, well, Ken, the money, the money, the money. What good's the money if everybody thinks you're a loser? These jobs are egotistical jobs. Mike McCarthy, when he became a head coach in the NFL, you can guarantee there was a moment he stopped for just a moment and dared to dream that he'd be up there with Belichick and Brown and Shula and Landry and Noel and all those guys someday. And he's a part of that group. He's won a Super Bowl. He is technically in that club. And dreamt that he would be one of those guys, and now we look at him like he is this fuddy-duddy who has no idea what he's doing on an NFL sideline. That didn't happen overnight. That didn't happen all because of him. He didn't forget football. But because it's the Cowboys, it's a team that everybody grows up watching, it's Jerry Jones, you know your money is not going to be an issue. You can't get away from it. And these players, excuse me, these coaches line up to take this job, and it ends the same way. Failure, blame, very little success. Why the hell do you think Lincoln Riley keeps going, nah, I don't think so? Because Barry Switzer's telling him how it really is. Hey, man, you you go to Dallas, you're going to get a hell of a lot of money. You will be fired, and you will be blamed. And Barry Switzer won him a Super Bowl. You will be fired and you will be blamed. And then when you get out of Dallas, you're not going to go right back to a program that's as good as Oklahoma. Oh, well, get me a pen. Let me sign right here on the dotted line. I can make a lot of money. My name will be mud, and I don't even get to go to a place like Oklahoma again. Please, please, here, give me a pen. Let me ruin my name. You won't ruin your life. You'll have plenty of money. That's true. And you'll have generational money, and, and it's good for your kids, and it's good for the grandkids, and so forth, and that might be true. But I'm sure Lincoln Riley isn't starving already, and a lot of other guys aren't starving already. And why would you pick up a pen just to ruin your life and legacy right then and there? Because that's all that what seems that Dallas Cowboys do to NFL head coaches these days. Switch it up. Let's go to Joe in Colorado. Let me click on it here. Joe in Colorado. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. What's up, my man? Uh, hey, so I just Joe. wanted to kind of talk about the Tom versus Belichick. Uh, being a big Patriots fan, I don't really see that either one wins or loses. And just for the simple fact that the Patriots were one of the worst franchises in the league 20 years ago, and now 20 years later, we're one of the best franchises in football. So either way, it's a win because Robert Kraft, and it comes to the point about being a good owner, he gave the reins to Bill Belichick, he let him control the team, and he cared more about the team's success in his own ego, which is something that we're talking about right now with Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, maybe Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl. Maybe Bill Belichick never wins again. But both of them did a great job in giving the Patriots a great legacy. It's something for a Patriots fan to hold on to for the future. Joe, I want to see, and that's part of the reason why I'm not closing the book yet, and I think anybody who does, and Joe, your connection was breaking up a little bit there, and I thank you very much for the call. That's why I don't want to close the book just yet on all that stuff. 855-2124-CBS. We're in week, what, nine? There's no way I can call it week nine. uh, And we're doing a lot of counting and votes and calling states and things like that today. I, I can't call it for Tom Brady nine weeks into the season. It doesn't look very good for the New England Patriots, but just like Joe just said, Give me give me a quarterback. Let me see what he can do. Let me see what he can do in finding a quarterback. Hey, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo got away. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo would be a hell of a lot better with the New England Patriots. Maybe I should ask that next week. What would happen with the Patriots if Jimmy Garoppolo was never traded? 
Let's see what Bill Belichick can do. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he's getting stupider. He's certainly not an idiot. Let's see what he can do as that team begins to rebuild. It's going to be a bit of a process. They're going to have to make the right moves. Tom Brady has a truncated amount of time. If Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl, maybe it changes a little bit. Because I think that that's bigger than just a footnote in his history. The organization's only won one Super Bowl. They will have won another, and Tom Brady would be the engineer with that, with Bruce Arians and a couple of other things. It'd be a really big story, and I think it would be a big part of his history once he retires the NFL from the NFL. But if they just go to the playoffs a couple of times, eh, I think it's probably a wash. Bill Belichick has to do a rebuild. Tom Brady has some good football left. Decided that he would go with a better offensive line, a little bit better. I don't know how good the defense is. This is still a decent enough defense. He doesn't turn over the ball as much. He's got good weapons, good coach right there in Bruce Arians. Let's see what he can do. I'd call it a wash. Sometimes things need to end, and maybe it needed to end there. But I think week nine is just a little too early to be saying, oh, my God, they've made such a terrible mistake, and Bill Belichick looks like a moron. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Coming up, my favorite quarterback in the NFL right now, even though I don't know about his future. And finally have seen the light. At least one of you have. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. Hickey was our, for whatever reason, Hickey decided to ask me about leaves, and we got into a whole thing during the break. From one yardsman to another, you know. Yeah, because I know I, you appreciate the craft. If you're ready for, if you are, you ready to hear something about home ownership here for a second? Let's hear it. I'm dying to know. I have basically my own farmer's almanac that I keep. I have a notebook that I keep, and I've just, I've started to do this because I notice I will make the same mistakes in certain years. So now I keep during the seasons a spring, summer, fall winter log on a spiral notebook and this is my 2020 fall yard yard log and home yard and home log okay and I I write the date that it was started on August 26 2020 and I will go in and I'll say like uh, the the main day is written in pen everything else is written in pencil like the fix is Sunday September 6 fix bathroom door I fix the bathroom door uh, improvement idea. Office door with a deadbolt because my sons get in here and they start to mess around with things. Week of 9-7. Monday, mow, pick up clippings. And then I go down the whole list of all this other stuff. If I get, like, let me look, let me tell you what I did the other day. Okay, you ready for this, Hick? You ready Let's for this? hear it. It's like an episode of This Old House right here on the show. Wednesday, decided to bring up leaves to the front yard, then blew them to the curb for pickup. Note, Always bring them back to front yard. It's much easier. I did not know. We've lived in Streetsboro for two years. This is our, well, this is our second year here in Streetsboro, so we're like year and a half, year and a few months now. Um, I didn't know last fall that Streetsboro had leaf pickup, so I was bagging. I had at least probably twenty two dozen bags of leaves. When you say leaf pickup, like, can you explain? They come by with a giant truck and they got a big hose and if you blow them to your to your tree lawn or your devil strip, they will suck up the leaves and drive wow, off. Wow, that must uh-huh. you talk about just having it nice over there, made in the shade. Uh, well, it's I mean it's it's it, I pay for it. It's taxpayers, you know. That's a service I would hundred percent pay for. Yeah. 
And I go, because I'm looking at my neighbors and I go, what is all these leaves things? And I, I looked at my Facebook and there's like a Streetsboro discussion thing on Facebook. And I looked and went, oh my God, the city has leaf pickup. And I just blew, I was done by the end of the day. And now a whole bunch more leaves have fallen. So I get my, I get my leaf sweeper out or my yard sweeper, which is basically like a Zamboni for your lawn. And I pull it behind on my mower. And I go and I pick up the leaves and I take them out to the front and I park them and unload in different spots and then I blow them all to the one spot, which it takes – it's a little tedious because you're blowing leaves and sometimes they can get a little out of whack. But it's a little bit better than this because a lot of neighbors – this can't be good. And I'm going to end up exposing a lot of my neighbors. They end up blowing their leaves back in the swamp behind our houses. That can't be good, right? No, especially for someone who lives near the swamp. It cannot be good for you. Like, isn't that just going to – and the swamp? That's Doesn't ooh, that that's mean all true. the critters will come out? Doesn't that that's mean all the critters true. will end up on my yard? You don't want that. You better start yelling at your neighbors. I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't mean to be, you know, a, a jerk about it. I'm just going, well, it's, it's so much easier because so, everybody else, they have, like, big tarps. And I go, nah, for 250 bucks, I get a lawn sweeper. And I, I go and I, I just ride around on the mower and smoke a cigar while I'm riding around on the mower and get the leaves. And I got my great big handle thing, and I pull back on my handle, and there go the leaves. And I go back down into the backyard, go scoop them up, go make another couple passes. I make about a dozen passes. I got about a dozen piles of leaves that are taken from the backyard to the front yard. I blow them all out there to the curb. We're done. And then I go and I mow the lawn because I want to make sure it looks nice after that. The only problem is is that you got to do it before the rainy season. Now, you're going to have to learn this here, okay, Hickey? You got to get it done before the rainy season, especially if you get a family dog because you got that girlfriend. What's her name, Lauren? Yes, her name is you Lauren. You guys have been together, what, two years? Three years. Three years? Okay, well, you're just going to be a turd if you're not going to be the, do the right thing and get married by her. But – you go and you get the leaves, and you got to make sure that you get them before the rainy season because you notice every October there's going to be about a week of just straight rain. It happens every year in the fall. It's called the fall rainy season. And if you wait, because I made the same mistake the last two years, if you wait, then you have to wait another couple of days. And the worst thing is is that when the leaves really fall, then it's like trying to find a, a colored golf ball, like a, a neon golf ball or something like that, and fall golf. You're not going to be able to find it because you're trying to find your dog poop and then you can't pick up your dog poop, and then I just say to hell with it, and I just ride my mower through the poop, Ugh. which is not fun. No. It's not fun. That sounds gross. And that's my fault, but it's something that I have to do. So just be responsible with your leaves, and don't let your dog be jumping through other people's leaf piles, all right? That's not Noted. really respectful. I will write that down in the pen. Okay. You're going to be a father and a husband someday, son. you got to learn the right things to do, all right? This is so dad. Think, this is so funny. Don't think you, you got to be perfect. Notebook. You're going to make mistakes. I made uh, hell, I made a mistake just the other day. I was trying to mulch them when I went through and my mo listen, my mower is not the biggest mower on the hit. like it's a rider, but it's not like it's not a, it's not a tractor, okay? You know, I'm, I'm not driving a combine out there. And I went over a too big of a, a of a batch of leaves of, of a pile of leaves cuz I wanted to mulch them up and chop them up pretty good and then pick them up again with a lawn sweeper. And they got kind of stuck between the deck and the tires, and I couldn't turn the tires and almost went right over the edge and into the swamp. <laughs> Put my life on the line for these leaves. <laughs> and I wrote that down. I wrote that down right here. I said, had nine piles of leaves. Make, up, make sure you're picked up before the rainy season. Also, make sure the piles are not too big to cut down. Probably better just to collect. 
Yeah, you got to get a rake out there or maybe a blower and spread them out a little bit. Yeah. You get them clumped up, like you said, you're in big trouble. Yes. 855-2124-CBS. So all you guys out there, you know, and women too, you know, be careful about it. And we're getting to the time of the year where hopefully all your leaves are getting picked up. And then maybe next week we'll talk about, you know, changing out lawnmower blades and, and we can start talking about getting the snowblowers up. Because remember, you have to winterize a snowblower there. And also, Hickey, real quick. Yes. Best time to buy a snowblower. Summertime. I bought mine. No. Whoa. I would say right at the end of winter. March, somewhere in there, start wa- start going to some of the stores looking for deals. Uh, I was to able get rid to get of inventory. I got one that was $600 that was marked down to 250 They were trying to get rid of it. Wow. And knock on wood, this thing has been a gem for me. It has been a gem. Now, I lived on the west side of Cleveland before where there wasn't a ton of snow. I'm on the southeast side of Cleveland now where there is a lot of snow, so she's getting a workout. But, you know, you take care of them. You change the oil and you change the spark plugs and you do all the things you're supposed to do, and and they'll they'll do right by you. They'll do right by you. Okay? That's Ken. That's good to know. This is this all is right. life advice that I need. Giving some good life advice here, folks. 855-2124-CBS. Up next He's my favorite quarterback in the NFL right now to watch. I'm just not sure of his future. If you're a certain fan base in the AFC West, you're going to like what I have to say. And you're finally seeing the light. At least one of you have. And he works right here at CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227. What the hell is going on with Indiana? Hold on, 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by Geico. They're offering right now an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's on top of what Geico could already save you. What are you waiting for? Visit geico.com to learn more. It's 24-7? Indiana's up over Michigan 24-7 right now. 38 seconds left to go second quarter. All right, you know, if Michigan loses this, forget everything I said. Now, Tom Allen is a good coach, and Indiana's a better program than what I think a lot of people want to recognize, all right? I don't know if they're 13th in the country good, but we are in a pandemic here. So, still. And he has pretty, pretty good program. Tom Allen's a pretty good coach. They lose this one. Then, you know what? Maybe the bets are off. Maybe we can start talking about firing the guy. I didn't think for a second. Because they, they lost to Michigan State last week. And I said it before noon on the show today. And we had a couple people calling about it. If you want Jim Harbaugh gone, the only way you're getting rid of Jim Harbaugh. This is before this right now. The only way you're getting rid of Jim Harbaugh is if the Jets come call him. Because he's he's won nine and a half games a year. And you're in a bad spot right now where you're Michigan where I don't know if you are one of the Blue Bloods anymore. I, I, I would assume, like there was a time, you know, Ohio State has gone to a completely different level. There was a time, you go back in the annals of their history, nine and three or nine and two when they played 11 game schedules, those were good seasons. Those were really good seasons. You lost to you lost to Michigan, but John Cooper was around, allowed to be there for a very long period of time. And before that, as as good of a man as Earl Bruce was, and, and Ohio State fans miss him dearly, that was much better than what Earl Bruce was doing at the end after Woody Hayes. And then Ohio State gets Jim Tressel. They take it up a notch. And with all the scandal and all the things that have surrounded Ohio State here between Jim Tressel and Urban Meyer, it, it really is a surprise that they've been able to keep things going the way they have. Ohio State has been a wildly successful conference for a long time now. 
and when I consider some of the, the things that have surrounded that program, it really is a marvel about how good they are. And Alabama's been able to keep pace with Nick Saban. Clemson has been able to be no longer Clemsoning like it was back in my day when I was a kid and be one of the top programs in the country. Oklahoma's kind of in the mix. We'll see. Kirby's smart. We're always wondering whether or not he's going to be Kirby Ricked, but it seems that Georgia has a lot to say about things. And Dan Mullen is a heel, but Florida's turning it around in the right direction. We'll see what Texas A&M can do with Jimbo Fisher. But with, with Michigan, there's always there's always something where now you're in this weird spot with Harbaugh. You know how bad it was with Rich Rodriguez. You had one glimpse of success with a Sugar Bowl with, with Brady Hoke. But now you're with Jim Harbaugh, and he's been too good to really complain about, but not good enough to be back where you're supposed to be. Back with those teams that I just mentioned. It's the same problem that, that Texas has. It's the same problem that I'd say USC has. You you know you're supposed to be in a better place than where you're at right now. You're one of the historical programs of the country. Now this, you lose to Michigan State, and this is after, remember, Joe Klatt was on with Colin Cowherd after they won their opening game against Pence, or against Minnesota. Michigan did said this is the best team that Michigan's had since Jim Harbaugh got there. And you're losing this 24-7 to Indiana? Now, all of a sudden, you have a conversation. Because at the end of their schedule, you look at Michigan's schedule, and I thought, okay, the, I, I respect Indiana, and I thought Indiana would give them a game. And right now, they are giving them a game. But you lose to Indiana, then things are changing here. The rest of Mis- Michigan's schedule and how this plays out, because I thought before you lose to Michigan State, but you'll you'll beat everybody else except for Ohio State. You'll go six and two, and Michigan always says at the end of the year that they're going to re- they're going to evaluate like they do with every sport at the end of the season. And when you look back on it, you go, okay, here was a hiccup or there was a hiccup, but really it's certainly not as bad as what we thought it was. Well, now I guess that Wisconsin game is going to be played. We'll see. You go to Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland, but you got two losses there. Then you lose to Ohio State. You got a three-loss season and a truncated season, especially if you don't get to play Wisconsin. You have a three-loss season, and this is, yeah, just assuming you're going to lose to Ohio State because I think it's pretty smart to assume that they're going to lose to Ohio State. One, two, three more wins. That's four wins. You have a four-and-three season? Yeah. Michigan's been pretty patient with Jim Harbaugh. Maybe they'd just be okay with it. But I don't think the fan base is going to have it for very much longer. And then you wonder what happens in a full season, we hope, in 2021. I thought the only way that he might go is if they lose to the Jets. But I tell you what, if you're willing to open up the doors with Indiana, which is a good program on the rise, one that we should respect with a coach that we should respect, let me give the credit where it's due. But you lose to that, then the doors are open up. How many more games are you going to lose this year? Is this a season that can get away from you? Because I would have thought, man, the Jets, we talk about Jim Harbaugh's coaching career the same way we should talk about his quarterbacking career. They've gone the same way. He's done a good job. You haven't been able to win everything with him, but they've been in some big games. Jim Harbaugh's been in some big games as a quarterback. He's been in a big game, been in big games as a coach. He's been successful as both, but he's never gotten over the hump. And it's playing out the same way. Eventually, defenses figure him out, and there's going to be – a handful that's better than he is. And you're seeing it right there in his very own conference. There's certainly one that he was brought in to beat. 
they paid him $7 million a year to come in and beat. He was over against him and an, actually an embarrassment in the final time that they played against him. And then he can't even beat his understudy. And what used to be the biggest rivalry in college football. I can't call it that anymore. Now I say it's the Iron Bowl because as much as people get very upset with what goes on at, at, at Auburn every other year and how they want that guy fired, he actually wins every now and then. And that's Saban that he's coaching against. I can't even call you the best rivalry now. So you go out here and you it, if you're down 24-7 and it continues this way and say you lose by multiple touchdowns, that's on you, buddy boy, and that's not going to be a very good alumni base. That's not going to be a very happy fan base, and Stephen M. Ross is not going to be a very happy camper about that one, I'll tell you that. 855-2124-CBS. He's my favorite co- quarterback to watch in the NFL today. I don't know what his future is. I hope Denver fans are listening. I watched Drew Locke. I am mesmerized. Hickey, i got to ask you a question real quick. The win over the Chargers last week, is that a signature win? Because in my book, it's a signature win. Uh, for Drew, I mean, it's a nice – I'm honestly – I'm a little nervous about Drew Locke. It's a, okay, but hold on, hold on. I, good. you got to know this. Bad quarterbacks do have signature wins. Guys who are, I should say are not successful in the NFL do have signature wins. Like Frank Reich was not the best quarterback in the NFL. He absolutely has a signature win. Right, I'm not ready, I'll say this, in what, week number six or seven, ready to say yeah. a win over like, a Chargers team that can't hold a lead is a signature I, win, I'm sorry. Okay, but I think a win, hold on, I think a win in the final moments when you win like that, I always say that's a signature win. Like I said, Baker Mayfield's win over the Bengals the week before, I said that was a signature win. And you're going to go, well, it's the Bengals. Well, I look at the Chargers, and yeah, I know the Chargers can't hold on to a lead, and Anthony Lynn's probably gone after this year. But I still say for Drew Locke, that's a signature win. You don't agree? I no, because to me, a signature win is is a win that you know maybe is a catapult to future success. Maybe we can look back on it and say you know that's the game that kind of changed the tide. Or maybe that's the game that got Drew Locke going. I'm not ready to call a signature win over the Chargers, or in your case, with Baker Mayfield to win over the Bengals yeah. if he's not the quarterback next year. I well, still feel you can have a signature win even if you don't have many. Like it's a nice win. It's an impressive win. Like don't get okay. me wrong. There's, like, to me, there's a difference between impressive and nice win and okay. signature win. Like that is like you put your stamp. This is my starting job. This is my team signature win sort of thing. And there's a difference between a nice comeback where Baker Mayfield plays really well, you, but next year they're looking for a new quarterback. Are you going to be with me next week, or are you already leaving me? I am with you next week, Kenny. Can we argue about this next week and get a little bit more time? Absolutely. All right. We have a lot to get to. If Broncos fans, and Hickey just said the same thing I did. I don't know what his future is. There is something about Drew Locke. I'm having a lot of fun watching. He's not my quarterback, so I, I can just have fun watching him. Some people, well, he's dancing out there. I think it's fun dancing. I've dealt with people. I've dealt with quarterbacks who are actually jerks and, and, and were guys who they liked what football gave them, but they didn't like football. I think Drew Locke loves football. If you're a Broncos fan – I think you're probably feeling the same way. If the bottom falls out on this season and you're that high up there and I don't know if I can say Zach Wilson's the real deal just yet. He looks good, but my God, he's playing high school teams out there basically. But if Zach Wilson's there, Trey Lance I almost want to say the same thing. Or Justin or Justin Fields or God forbid, I don't know how you'd be able to get to Trevor Lawrence, but whatever. If one of those guys are there, you'd probably end up taking those guys. You probably would. If things are going the way they are, if the bottom were to fall out, but I'm having a blast watching Drew Locke. I think he's fun. I think he's the type of, I can't say leader, but I think he's the type of guy who can grow into a leader naturally for that football team. I really like Drew Locke. 
I think it's a lot of fun. I'm just missing one piece, and I'm, it's hard for me to describe it. There's just something you watch, and you go, something's missing. Something's missing. I want to call this kid the franchise of this football team, and I, I see some of the stuff, and I can see progression out of him. I know I'm seeing better play from him and seeing him check check different receivers and check on different things better than he did when he was in college. I know that I'm seeing something better, but I just can't fully buy in yet. And I don't know if John Elway can, but there's a lot about that kid that I just had to get that off my chest today. I watch Drew Locke. I watch a lot of quarterbacks every week. I try to watch every game. I'm having more fun with Drew Locke than I am any other quarterback. There's guys that I think are kind of a chore to watch. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, I got a clock in to go watch that guy. Drew Locke, I'm having fun. I got popcorn. I got my high life. I'm having a good time watching the Denver Broncos and Drew Locke. Finally getting some fun out of that guy. Almost having as much fun as I used to get when I used to watch Drew Brees. And finally somebody got it. This week, yesterday is actually when I think it happened, somebody came around on it because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing New Orleans. And I knew I had a respect for D.A. I knew I liked Damon Amendolara. I didn't know I liked him this much because finally somebody has seen the light. Hickey hit it. If Tom Brady never existed and Drew Brees was just doing this at 41 years old, people would be like, wow, can you believe Drew Brees is doing this at 41? Except Brady's already done this at 41, so it feels like old hat. And also, Brees isn't beating records of a guy that lived a million years ago. It's not like Hank Aaron taking down Babe Ruth's record. It's not even like if he was taking down Dan Marino's record. It's he's taking down Peyton Manning's records, and we remember Peyton Manning. Manning's not even in the Hall of Fame yet. It's so recent. So when we have historical benchmarks, it's like, ah, well, we just saw this. I think Sunday night could be alarming for a lot of people because if Breeze is banged up, if he's not 100%, if he throws some weak duckling passes, and if Brady goes out there and whips it around, and Tampa Bay wins, let's just say 31-17, to 17, people are going to say, Breeze is washed up. People are going to say, that's it. It's over. It's toast for the New Orleans Saints. And to be fair, the Saints know this is the end as well. This is why they've invested so much money in Taysom Hill, and this is why Drew Brees has taken a job at NBC before he's even retired yet. He knows it's the end. This is it. This is the last season for him. I think Sunday people are waiting to sink their fangs into the end of Breeze. I think people just wait for the obvious moment, and this is going to be the obvious moment. If the Saints lose and Breeze looks ineffective on Sunday night, this is going to be when the alarm bells go off. It's over. He's toast. Saints can't win a Super Bowl. I think he deserves more credit than that. That's DA yesterday talking about Drew Breeze. This is myself as well as Tom. No, this was with you, Hickey, right? You were producing this day, weren't you? Yes, but this is just yourself. This is December 21st, 2019. Last year, Hickey hit it. It's not even about the team. They need a hero. They find one in Drew Brees. A man who represents more than sports, who represents togetherness, who represents community. The league, he's a guy you could put on any cereal box. He's noticeable. He's recognizable. He's one of the fine people in the NFL. You know you can trust him to be a good person for your league and be a fine representative. And then the history. 
the history of what he's done, the history of what the organization is, how this all wraps together. Because when Katrina hits, there were people around the league looking from a football sense. This is what gives Tom Benson the ammo to head over to San Antonio. The stadium's messed up. The situation is dire. Economics have been messed up because of this mess, because of this catastrophe. It's going to take a long time to rebuild. Drew Brees, keep, or Drew Brees keeps that thing together. Without Drew Brees, do we have a New Orleans Saints? I don't know if we do. Do we have some of the greatness that we've seen? We have one less person who's a great representative and an ambassador for the league that needs great people like that. I see a guy who's maybe the most underrated NFL quarterback ever and will continue to be. During a generation of incredible passing where the rules have been opened up, where there is winning unlike we've ever seen with Tom Brady, and now as the rules open up, winning will be that much more important if he ends with only one Super Bowl. With the numbers he racked up, with the size that he has, which he doesn't really have compared to the other ones there, with the yards that he's done, with what he's done for the New Orleans Saints, with what he's done with the city of New Orleans, and being kind of a J.J. Watt figure with the city of New Orleans. Yeah, I know he stepped in it a bit this summer. But if this is the last year, and it does seem obviously that it is the last year, you're looking at one of the most underrated quarterbacks of the generation, and if the generation is the best that we've seen, he's the most underrated quarterback ever. I'm glad DA's with me. Won't you come with me? Big thanks to Anthony Pierno. Big thanks to Ryan Hickey, Marco Belletti, Erica Herskowitz. Everybody was fantastic. The Pony Express, he's up next. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law